on this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I basically forget we're recording a podcast and just start having a conversation and sit there doing work with each other, trying to figure out how all these prop bets should be priced. Uh, we actually have a couple interesting conversations about some places you can get value. The TLDR of all of this is wait till Sunday and bet all the unders. And with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not the typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a out with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is... Welcome to a very special episode of the Bet the Process podcast where... I get to interview the king of props and his time, his time to shine. This is, this is, you know, they wrote an article about you in the Washington Post. This is kind of how you got your start as uh, being known as the most notorious sports better in the world. Um, something like that, right? The most <laughs> infamous, more than famous, just like from like El Guapo in the, uh, Three fugitives. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. The most three canine. Three yeah. What's that? The most canine sports better in the world. Most guys. See what you did there. Um, how are you doing, Rufus? You and I haven't talked in a while. It's been like two weeks. We didn't do a pod yeah. last week. I was traveling. You know what I was Where were doing? Were you traveling? No. What were you playing I golf with Phil Mickelson? For golf clubs at the Kingdom in in carlsbad uh and the tailor made like where where like all the professionals get fitted have you heard of this place i haven't do they have like people to that fit things better than yeah they're like like the same guys that fit like dj or or like i guess in this case tailor made it's not i don't know whoever uses tailor made so does this mean I'm going to be giving you 15 strokes now instead of 21 well i i mean i was i put a picture of it on twitter uh Incredible experience you it's like a very bro bro moment where you kind of like walk in and the kingdom it, it's kind of like well known but it's this very non nondescript sort of building it almost looks like you're going into someone's apartment and you walk in and it's this you know wonderful lobby they have a uh your, your locker with your name on it next to tiger woods locker with his bag um and then you kind of go out and you uh and you go hit some balls and the guy has a track man and, you know, kind of like shows you a bunch of stuff, tells you to do this, tells you to do that. Um, next thing you know, you walk out with a, a whole new set of clubs. Um, and so it was, it was a pretty amazing experience. Wow. And I, I just Googled this place. It's, it's a private place, private yeah. experience, huh? Yeah. So yeah. they make you feel very special. It, it, I felt well, very what, special. Can I ask what makes the, club fitters there better than other ones in terms of interpreting your track man data and figuring out whether you need a stiff or regular shaft. So I was actually talking to my buddy, Albert, who's like a, he's probably like a plus one or a plus two. And he was saying like the whole fitting thing is kind of funny, right? Because it's based on the data from one day of swinging, you know, like in any day you could be different. And he's like, shouldn't you basically just take all your track man data and sort of like, do machine learning on it to like actually figure out what your like fitting should be like what your club should be based on sort of all the data that you have from it. And he's probably right. Um, I don't know. I'm guessing, I'm guessing these people are just better. Like you, you could imagine 
imagine that they're that's something that because you know there there's people that are good at a craft that are better at their craft. I, I will say I've had an int- I mean to your point about about hitting like swinging different on different days. I got fitted for a set of tailor-made irons back in like 2015 and they fitted me for like like not stiff or whatever, not stiff shafts and just regular length and then uh you know like honestly it was the same year i got a, i bought a, a vegas set and um i go in to get fitted and they say they thought they think it was like a complete crime that i was fitted for a regular before instead of stiff they're like with your swing speed there's no you way have, like so pretty, it's pretty good swing speed so i don't understand why you would be in regular. no i mean but my whole point is that maybe i was just like I think the first time it was like in the winter or something, I hadn't been swinging clubs a lot. Um, or maybe, maybe I just need to go to the kingdom and get a better fitter. There you go. Um, let's move on. Uh, we haven't really talked about the crazy uh, champ, like conference championship games. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the Rams one was a teeny bit predictable, right? It ended on three. It was, you know, the, the Niners yeah. quite well, but kind of ran, ran out of gas. Uh, Jeff, can I can I just interrupt you to say that I had a bet. Will the Rams win by exactly three points? No minus 700. Mm. That bet did not win. That's a bummer. Literally, that was a bet offered by the South Point. So, Well, what did you have that price at? Oh, um, <clears throat> off the top of my head, but over minus 1,000. I mean... Got it. What, it's a 9% or so. I mean, a little less now in the recent years, eight point something percent. I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you why they had that is because they they do not move their VIG off of minus 110 for NFL sides. So they they had a plus three and a half minus 110. So everybody's betting the plus three and a half minus 110. They knew a three point game was bad for them. So they kind of lay off exposure in a way by offering a nice attractive price on the no uh, to the favorite to not win by exactly three points. Got it. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, yeah. But, but I was going to say that game seemed a little bit predictable. I mean, the, the Niners kind of ran out of gas. Kyle, as he does, makes some really questionable fourth down decisions. Um, and Jimmy had a sort of critical end of game. Uh, just didn't, didn't do too much at the end of the game. There were There were weird things that happened in that game with like Debo not really touching the ball. I don't know that last quarter or something like that when they normally I mean, force freedom, the ball. What? Yeah. He doesn't touch it as much as people think. Okay. Especially in the receiving game, but I'll but tell you that, that, that 50, whatever that, that long touchdown pass killed me. He didn't touch it at all. Rufus. I mean, I, well, I was happy about that because I bet under on him, but I also bet like I bet under on receptions under on receiving yards and no touchdown and, and two of them lost on one play. In the first half, sadly, though I was a San Francisco 49er backer because with a lot of features and a side bet. So, yeah, I mean, I had the Niners side plus one. Three, three and a half in that game and I had the under. So I won both of those games. I unfortunately lost a lot on on the on the Chiefs um, because we had that whole conversation I, and I took them in futures. I think it was a little bit of like a Calcutta, uh, a tilt from the Calcutta. Um, did you watch that Chiefs game? Yeah, I did. I did. I watched every Bengals receiver go over by half a reception and watched my money go out the window. What 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 do you think happened in that second half? Um, 
what happened? Oh, in term, it feels like it was like eons ago. But what happened to Mahomes? So like, what happened? Why, to the why Chiefs, did the Chiefs? Though? Why? Hmm. They scored one. I don't know. They scored a field goal and really had very little offensive activity, with the exception of that field goal. Right? It was like it was a weird situation. It's not like the you know, everyone feels like the Bengals came roaring back, but you know the 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 Chiefs oh. if they score six points in that second half, they probably win the game. No, you're right. It, it was, I mean, we've seen that the chiefs play from behind and play so well in the postseason in the past few years. And, and here they were with a big lead and they let what other teams uh, let happen, uh, happen themselves. So um, I don't know. I mean, some people say Mahomes looked different after that pass to Tyreek Hill to end the first half. I don't and know. I don't, that, like, I don't he, agree he, with that. He, he just, because... he, that he was playing different, that he, he seemed like he was, um, he was thinking rather than just playing or, or I, I don't know. I can't speak to that. I mean, the Bengals, I, I assume like the Bengals stuff, changed up their cover, you know, the Bengals yeah, changed things that was up, like but the like simplest thing. But yeah. even if you think about like, I don't know if, if again, like, I don't know how carefully you were watching that, but they came out in the second half and you know, the, the drop first drive of the second half, he had two passes that could have easily been caught, right? Tyreek Hill dropped a ball and then Kelsey kind of dropped the ball. That would have been a hard catch, but Kelsey makes that like seven out of 10 times, I feel like. And then, you know, then they kind of did stall out and it, 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 there were some really interesting, it, it was just an odd, it was, it was very odd to me to watch. Like I could not honestly believe what I was watching and I had the over in that game also. So in the back of my mind, I'm like thinking to myself like, Oh yeah, I do want the Bengals to score a little bit because there's, there was no world where I thought Kansas city would just stall out with nothing. So. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it, the funny thing is the same thing happened to Kansas City week 17 against the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, you think they would have adapted. I mean, it, it's interesting The, you know, we have two situations and then like, let, I guess let's go into this, the Super Bowl, right? Like, you know, in the Super Bowl, I'm a, like, what do you, what do you have the total in the spread right now? What do I make them? Yeah. Man, I feel like I haven't even thought about something as uh mundane is who wins the game but i i make the spread so it depends on what you give for la for home field advantage if if you give no home field advantage i make the spread la minus 4.54 but you got to give them something don't you think well um probably yeah so in that case let's you give them a half a point minus five so i mean i lean rams basically is what i'm getting at what about the total and the total, um, I got to fill in the temperature and the weather, the fact that it's indoors and on turf. Um, I would, I make the total um, 49. Hmm. So nothing there. Yeah. Um, nothing there. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't ever planning on betting those really though. I mean, so I'll tell you for my props, I basically I use the the side and total market and assume they're efficient and in, in terms of like pricing out um, team to score first, you know, um, will they be scored in the last two minutes, et cetera, et cetera. And like the the number of touchdowns for each team. And so the player props by um, you know, by proxy. Do proxy you, is not the right word. Um do you think that um I mean, in terms of the props, like, can we maybe go through a few narratives? And 
Yeah, I guess let's do that. Interesting. Like I, I think in this game, you know, there's a couple ways to do props, right? Like there's like the purely analytical way, which is kind of what you do, and you're like figuring out like do there's you no actually such think things. about like do you think about game states that may happen? Do you think yeah. about like what's up? You have I mean you have to, you have to. I mean, so for example, okay, the 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 Bengals are four and a half point underdog, which means um, their average offensive play we'd expect uh, to occur with them down by 3.1 points. That's Got it. that's the way it works. Which, by the way, I never thought about this before, but did you know that you know if if uh, if you had a game that's a pick, the average offensive play for both teams is expected to happen when the team is losing. It's a negative. Sorry. Okay, you get it. No, okay, because let's say you have a zero-zero game. You score a touchdown. The other team gets the ball back. They're down seven. They go down. They score a touchdown. The other team gets it. It's a zero-point game, right? Like on average, the offensive team is going to be trailing more often than they're going to be winning. Right. Yeah. So anyway, the Bengals are, are likely, I mean, to face an average of a 3.1 point deficit every time they touch the ball based on the, the game spread. So um, there are certain players where their tendencies, their usage rate is going to change greatly as a function of that game state. So an example would be, um, would be Joe Mixon who is much more involved in the receiving game when the Bengals are in a ne- in a neutral or positive game state. Um, but when they're losing, um, he is much less involved in the passing game. So Joe Mixon unders? Joe Mixon receiving unders if you, if you think that the Bengals are going to be playing from behind, yeah. Well, what about his rushing yards under? Um, I mean, he's still, like, certainly if they're getting blown out, he's going to be... Just, I mean, they're just not going to be the running the ball as much. And so I still project out, you know, the rush percentage. Um, I mean, I, I basically, no, I don't like the Joe Mixon rushing unders as much. I haven't projected at 17 point, some like 0.3 um, rush attempts, I believe for 64 yards, um, 65. Basically it's right, like close to where the market is though. Um, oh, I got to do pull up my actual sheet. All I got to do to see what you bet is like go on Chris and see which, which thing. I don't are... bet any props there. I know, it's but I feel like $50. I feel like it trickles down. Right. Cause like the oh. mix in there, the mix in total receiving yards are 27 and a half under minus 143. Okay. So they, well, what they do, I guess, is they, they're not, they're moving the juice more than they're moving the, the actual number. So like receiving, um, let's see input receiving yards i mean i still think the under 27 and a half at that price is fantastic but um according to my number if you believe what i what i believe but would 27 and a half minus 143 is fantastic so 27 and a half under minus 143 is worth like the difference between the 27 and a half and like say 25 and a half is worth about a little over 20 cents. Well, it's minus 153 now. Oh, damn. Front running our uh, listeners again, huh? What do you make Joe Burrows? Wait, how much did you just bet that for like $250? No, 500. 500. Okay, great. Great. What do I make Joe Burrows? What? What do do you make Joe Burrows rushing yards? Um, 
So it sounds like you would probably like the Joe Burrow passing overs. No, probably not. You don't like overs at all. I hate overs, but I'm pretty much um, in agreement with the market there. My numbers, let's see. His his number for uh, passing yards is the market is what like in the two seventies. Two seventy eight point five is what it looks like. Chris. Make him two seventy nine point nine. Got it. Yeah. I think I bet an under on pass attempts for him, but earlier on, I think under 36 and a half, even money or something like that. What do you make his rushing yards? So that's complicated because the mean and the median are going to be very different. And it comes, you know, because you have the kneel downs, the quarterback sneaks and the scrambles. But um, my median is right around 10. I don't actually, I don't even know where, if I can see what my mean is. Actually, I think I can. So does he, if he scrambles... And then loses yards. Does that go against rushing yards? Do you mean like around the pocket? Yeah. No, you don't lose rushing. Like sacks are not right. rushing. So, yards. so, so scramble is a is a run by the quarterback. But I so a scramble to me is different. Designed run. It's still considered right. So when I forecast quarterback rushing, I'm forecasting um, designed runs separately from um, scrambles because scrambles are passing plays where the quarterback is under pressure and runs or he sees an opportunity and runs. They were, it was designed as a passing play. So that's completely different to me than a design quarterback run. Because for me, um, quarterback scrambles are a function of the number of dropbacks. Whereas design runs are, you know, in running situations. And then you have the quarterback kneel downs, which remember Mahomes a few years ago. I mean, I gotta feel like mix. I gotta feel like Burrow is going to go over that 10 and a half. See, I mean, I think I think it's a common sh- like a lot of the sharps love the under there. I don't like it as much as they do. Um, Why do they like the under so much? Because he's gone under that number, I believe, in like twelve of sixteen, or basically at almost all the games this year. Um, there's just been a few games he's gone over. But I don't. <laughs> maybe I'm just like an idiot. Well, I am an idiot. But 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 don't you feel like he, because of how much pressure they're going to get on him? he's going to have to run to actually like, I mean, you saw it against Kansas city. Like that was what saved them a bit. And I think, you know, you get this situation similarly where he's probably going to be more prone to running in this game, knowing that there's no tomorrow. Right. And he has a whole regular, the whole off season to, so his tendency will be to run more often. I, I think the 10 and a half over is, is pretty good value to me but I'm not looking at it from the standpoint of, of how you are, which is like what the real analytics behind it. So looking at this, let's see. I mean, there isn't really any difference in uh, defensive scramble rate between these two teams or the, the essentially, yeah, how much I'd predict. Um, nor is there, well, LA Rams, I have allowing a slightly higher quarterback scramble average than, than the average team, but I have Joe Burrow basically 1.45 scrambles for 9.46 yards. Um, but again, it's going to be one of those things where, I mean, this is a situation where um, the mean and the median for his rush yards is going to be quite different. I make the median 10. So basically 10 and a half is, is, you know, a slight under, uh, but not enough value. Like, I think under minus one Oh three. So I know I don't like the over 10 and a half. Sorry. Okay. 
I do. So I'm relieved at that. Do it. Uh, uh, but I mean, you could say that, I mean, so overall, um, I, I know I, I looked in the case of Mahomes and Mahomes scrambles a ton more in, in playoff games than he does during the regular season. Now, one interesting thing I was just thinking about, and I haven't sort of made any bets based off of this, but the idea that given how many um, sack, times Joe Burrow's predicted to get sacked in this game, um, wouldn't we say that the, his injury probability is a little bit higher? I mean, clear, like he's, he's been knocked out. Um, he's been knocked out for the year last year. He clearly he's taken a lot of hits this year. He's what been sacked more than any other quarterback, but all it takes is like one hit hit to the head or something, a concussion or, you know, and I, I would think that there is, I guess the, the injury risk for Burrow would be much higher than, than a right than an average quarterback, just because of the number of hits we expect that he'll take due to the Rams pass rush and the bad offensive line that, that the Bengals has have Bengals have. So the thought there is, I mean, maybe, maybe there's some alternate uh, passing yard numbers or, you know, some of these exactas on like Burrow to have, you know, only eight completions or something like that at a thousand to one or what? I don't know if it's a thousand to one. Probably. Oh, I like that. So you're basically betting on Joe Burrow to get hurt. You could, right. I mean, there, I think I see a world where that could be priced, right. Where, where you could find some value just using that thesis. If you believe that. And if you can, I mean, then you still have to quantify like, okay, let's say he has a four or five, let's say he has a 5% chance of getting knocked out of the game. Um, you know, it could happen at any point in the game, probably later is more likely than earlier. So, you know, you, you could still get knocked out of the game and you could still lose all these bets if it's in the fourth quarter. So you have to say, okay, the, the odds that he gets knocked out in the first quarter, then maybe is only 1%. And so 1% chance that he's under 10 completions. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like, I kind of like the narrative holding the Rams. I do too. I kind of like that. That's why I said the narrative. Um, I mean, Stafford, Stafford, like, I mean, Stafford's been known to play hurt too, but I don't know. He's, he seems to get hurt a lot. Also his body seems fragile yet. He seems tough. Who is um, Cincinnati's backup? Backup quarterback, yep. Brandon Allen. Very, oh my God, Rufus! I can't believe you nailed that. Um, I okay. even know who Stafford's backup is too, because he started a game last season when I owned them, the the Rams in the Calcutta. Where, um, what do you have? So I, I'll tell you some other ones. I was listening to a podcast today. I was listening to Props and Hops, which is a podcast that we touted the other day when we were talking about. TBWC, the is that is that uh, Tom Peabody over there? That's what, what yeah, that is that is Tom Peabody's here. He's hanging Tom, out. Tom, you play me. some music for us. Tom, you've been asked to play some music for the podcast. He said he won't live. He has a guitar though, so very good. Does he play as well as Rob P does the Succession theme song? Um, I, I I don't know. I don't even know if he's ever seen Succession. Bobby Pizza. No, Tom. Tom has Tom. Can you play the Succession theme song? No, you don't know how to play it. Okay, he doesn't know how to play it. Okay, but. so a couple narratives I've heard. One, the the this is a Fezic narrative. I think. Oh, are, are we are we going with the first half against the second half scoring? We can talk about that one. Um, sure, let's talk about that one. I was he was I guess Fezic was saying that the way this game's line, the yardage props on 
Cincinnati are too high uh, for the amount of points that they're supposed to score. That, that's the, a narrative. The yards, the yards for what? Just the position. total yards predicted based on sort of all the props. Well, I mean, isn't that what happens when the public bets overs? Okay, so we should just bet on. This. I don't know. Okay, uh, half. Give me the, your analysis of the 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 more scoring in the first half versus the second half. Oh, I mean, the the analysis is the fact that there have been a lot more points scored in the first half than the second half in previous Super Bowls this millennium, and by the the first halves have beaten the second halves by an average of 7.7 points. Now you can argue that maybe that's driven a lot by the fact that uh, the Belichick Brady Patriots never scored even a touchdown in the first quarter. And so you're um, saying it the other way. You're saying the second halves are 7.7 more than the first. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Second halves have had more scoring than the first halves. So, um, and I think over the last 20, uh, 22 years or so it's to the tune of the second half has beaten the first half, like 70, to 73% of the time. Um, I had this number in front of me at one point, um, but it's, it's quite significant. And, and the fact that difference is 7.7 and the difference is still over five points in games, not involving um, the Patriots. But, um, but when, when you look back and you go, you know, 1980 to 1999, you see actually first halves outscore second halves by an average of one point, although second halves, um, did outscore first halves in 11 of those 20 Super Bowls. So I guess people, you know, someone who believes in the sort of second half over first half thing would say, well, you know, the Super Bowl is different now with all the hoopla than it was in 1980. You can't really compare the two. There's all these, there's longer commercial breaks. There's um, time wait, like this long time waiting after the pregame stretching and warming up and all that stuff. And there's a longer halftime, but so I, I, I don't know how real it is. I think that the market thinks it's more real than it is. Like maybe there's something to it, but is it something to the tune of like 70%? Hell no. And I think every, like, I think Fezzik himself would agree with, 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 me, with me on that. Um, from what I heard, he said he likes it up to minus 125 for the second half. But every year this thing gets bet up. Like I end up getting like plus 150 on the first half most years, it feels like. Although last year the first half did win. So maybe I won't anymore. But I don't know. I mean, the question is, what what is the reason why we would expect this effect to occur? Because without a really good reason, um, it it may be statistically significant, but you know, it, it's also it could also just be noise. Like I just simulated random twenty game stretches and found like, you know, you find a percent of them that are going to have one team outscore the other or the the first half. Sorry, the second half outscored the first half by more than seven points. So those things can happen due to ran risk. Do we think it's a teams come out of the gate slower because of the long pregame, because of nerves, because of conservatism due to not wanting to lose? Um, I don't know. I think it's a lot easier to sort of fit a narrative after you have the data. It's the opposite of the scientific method. It's... It's the, it's the Malcolm Gladwell method, actually. Yeah, I mean, the theory, right, that you hear is, you know, in the second half, they got nothing left to do. They play more optimally, whatever. They play faster. There's often, if a team is playing catch-up or whatever, 
in the regular season. But, but why would this be different in the Super Bowl than the than even the regular than even playoff games? Like this doesn't exist in playoff games. Playoff games overall first halves win fifty one percent of the time over second halves. I'm sorry. What what's percentage of the time? Fifty one percent. So 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 you're saying that the price should, I think. should be like first half should be favored. Well, if first half should be a slight favorite if it's a regular season game, yeah. But because this is a Super Bowl, the thought is that is different. Now, I was trying to get into what the re, the rationale behind that could be. Like, what narrative could we possibly believe to think this effect is real? None. If you look at it, the the reason it's occurred isn't because second halves have been really high scoring. It's because first halves have been low scoring. Right. And, and so then we want to look at first quarters probably because it's the whole coming out of the gate slow and first quarters have had an average of, I think, nine point nine and a half points or so. Um, so they've been lower scoring. I mean, actually it might've been even less than that. I have it on a sheet of paper somewhere. Um, okay. How about this one? Okay, so wait, do we have a conclusion there? Do you Well, I mean, I think my conclusion I'm I'm with you. Like I'm I'm I you know, I'm I'm going to try to find a first half plus money kind of thing and and go after it, right? Okay, so if if I were to tell you that that without in the absence of this being in the absence of any effect, it was a 50-50 and with the effect, if the effect is the full effect we've seen in the last 20 some odd years it would be 75 percent for second half i mean that that's not what those numbers are but what what would you make the number essentially the true number i would, I would make it much closer to 50 like person. 52 53 sure okay so you so essentially you, you can think that there may be something to the effect but also i think, I think you're you also you're, think there's value betting against it because the public may move that number too much because they hear this narrative because this is hyped up. I think your point around playoff games is the most salient point, right? Which is if you don't see any evidence of it in, in playoff games, then why yeah. would the Super Bowl be different, right? And you know, the only difference is a longer halftime, right? I mean, ultimately that's it's like maybe maybe it's maybe it's the whole team coming off a bye thing, but Teams come off a bye in, in the divisional round also, so. Yeah. And the yeah. longer halftime wouldn't affect the, the beginning of the game, but it's the longer pregame, I think, that some people say. I think so, that's so, the note, you, the, the astute observation about it be, being because the first halves have been kind of just slower, right? And, and you know, you have, like, one team that has influenced that quite a bit. Um, Patriots. I, I, I do worry. I do worry about, like, this – suboptimal play calling that we're likely to see in this in this in this playoffs that in this Super Bowl that's why I kind of like like the under if your number is 49 like I've been kind of waiting for 49 I think I'll bet under 49 if I if it goes back up there um because I just uh I do think these teams are going to play conservatively I do think these teams are going to run on like their first their like early down success rate is going to be bad because that's just what they've done. Um, I think the Rams will actually have uh, a bit more success than they've had uh, running the ball because of opponent, right? All of a sudden they're playing a, a much worse, they, they played two pretty good run defenses and now all of a sudden they're playing a pretty weak run defense. Um, and I think that early success will give them reason to run more 
And I think they will control the clock. Like, you know, I mean, one of the, the you know, the crazy numbers against New England, against the Niners where they were like 11 of 18 or something like that on, on third down conversion was huge. But like, again, like the idea that, and they said this on the props and hops podcast, and I thought it was a good point. It was give 18 third downs. It's probably a bad sign for your offense. So, yeah. Really quickly, back to the first half versus second half thing, though, I was going to say, if you like, if you believe that there isn't really anything to this narrative, um, you may be able to find value betting over first quarter points um, and some other things that are, you know, first half, to like the, the first half total um, or maybe the second half total under because the market um, essentially believes there's something to it. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. What do you? What do you make the um, onside kick number? Will there um, be onside kick? Will there be an onside kick? I don't have a number for that. Really? I haven't. Who's offering that? Uh, I think everyone is, or I'm not everyone. Maybe. But I haven't. I mean, not. I, I mean that that's going to be just a uh, a laying a lot of juice type of situation. Well, what would you make it? You don't. You don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. I, you know, in the, let me see if I can find on search my sheet for onside now. What if I told you it was only minus 350 for the no? For an attempt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be a huge shock. I would think that there's value on the no, but I, again, I'd have to. I think the numbers I I heard were roughly about, you know, uh, 50 some onside kicks this season. Um, The numbers should be. You know, like it's like it's like twenty percent or something like that is the number. I don't know. I thought you'd have more of a point of view on this. No, it's not something that's in my that I've traditionally seen in Las Vegas. Got it. I did. I didn't. I feel like I'm gonna. We I wanna, about I'm gonna pull up my play by play and see. Maybe we did. It, it feels like we did. I'm gonna pull up my play by play data and sort of see. I feel like we did play this and we juiced it up to like we kept betting and it went, it went up to like minus two fifty or something and now it's minus three fifty. Yeah, now this make I think we had this exact conversation. And there was no onside kick. So there we go. And people won. Uh and people won. And there was much rejoicing. Was there an onside kick last year? No. No, because it was a blowout. Uh I don't know. I don't no, I don't think there I don't think there was because I mean when when uh Kansas City did score, they were down a lot. It may have been two years ago that we had this conversation. I feel like. Um, anything else? It looks like it looks like there are fifty-eight onside kicks this season. Um, now, some of those could be in multiple games. Actually, no, make that sixty-two. I'm literally querying what the play description having the words onside in it. Literally, literally. I wonder. In last season, that number is. Going to be a little bit. Last season it was seventy-one. Obviously, you're not seeing as many recoveries. Sixty-two the year before. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. And how many games are there? There's two. There on a typical year, there's two hundred fifty-six regular season games. There was an extra. What? 16? It's not going to be. It's not going to be exactly a Poisson distribution, though. I don't think. I would think that if you get. I, th- I think you, I, I would think it would show a little less variance actually. I mean, sometimes if you get one, then you, you know, do another one, but 
but they're certainly they're not like random events in that in that kind of sense where they would not i mean there would be some neg some correlation somehow <clears throat> i think okay well we talked that one around in circles and came up with no conclusion i'm about to give you a conclusion of what like you talk while i while i come up with my conclusion okay um there was uh drew who was on this podcast and also on the props and hops podcast mentioned that he really liked the uh which kicker to have a longer field goal evan mcpherson i guess it was like even money i don't know if that's moved i can't find it on chris so i mean that's because he's kicked longer field goals so far this year probably right but i, I don't really find a lot of predictive value to something like that like persisting but like, he thinks yes, that Gay's leg might, is messed up. Yeah, that was his theory. Maybe, because um, he missed that 47-yarder short. Yeah. But the odds of McPherson kicking over longer than 47-yard field goal is a big underdog anyway. So, um, I mean, certainly the question is, are there going to be scenarios where the Bengals would kick a field goal where the Rams decide not to because of, because of the leg issue? That's, that, was the, that was the theory. So I mean, the thing is, I have I have the Rams projected as having more field goals, so I probably wouldn't like that for that reason. Hmm. Okay, that could be why that that line is what it is. I I think one hundred percent it is because, I mean, usually the longest field goal that is of the game is going to be. I mean, when this what in this game, I think the the long field goal number is. I mean, I bet under forty seven half. I'm guessing it's around forty six and a half. So. Like that's inside both kickers ranges. You know, it's not like you're seeing these, you know, 56 yarders all the time. Chris doesn't have very good kicker, kicker. Uh, their props have like, I mean, their props are like $250 limits. They're not really, I mean, I wouldn't put a lot of stock into, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably look at them right before game time when the public sped them up, but. I think their limits go up on, on game day too. For yeah, the, to like five, to like a thousand maybe i don't remember i mean i remember betting like a reasonable amount at one point on them and yeah, maybe who knows do you have an answer for us rufus or did you forget um, what you were doing no um i have an answer that there's been let's see there has been over a 20-year period onside kicks in well, no onside kicks in 80.3% of games. So the no minus 350 sounds like a little bit of value, not like a ton. Yeah. It's hard to find value when you're constantly um, taking value out of this out of this world. Yeah. You know, that's somebody's got to do it. You got anything else for us on the props? Um, you know, I have a lot of things on props that I bet. Whether they're good or not, you know, that's open can to interpretation. We, can we go through some of your favorites. Do you have some favorites? Um that may be still around. Well, I think honestly, Jeff, I think that I could get 80% of the EV I get if I just waited until this weekend to make any bets. Hmm. Well, can you give our listeners? Maybe, maybe that's not true, but 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 if you want to, I mean, I've said this before. If you want to bet an over, bet it early. If you want to bet an under, under bet it late. So, Cooper Cup under is going to be a bet I take at some point for sure. Which, by the way, I googled the Fezic thing to see what Fezic gave out on this. 
he gave out minus 140 for second half points against first half points. And apparently he has an official play of Cooper Cup over 102 and a half receiving yards minus 130. Um, You'll be betting under. I'll be betting under. And the thing is, if you look at Cup this year, he's been like, I mean, it's it's insane how good his numbers have been. You know how many receiving yards he's averaged per game? 100 something. 117. Yeah. Do you know what the median is of that? Um, nope. 117, 116 and a half. So he's, he's been under 90 yards twice. It's been so why would you bet against it? So why would you bet the under, right? I mean, under 105.5 is even money. I'm not going to bet that. I'm not going to, I'm going to wait till it gets to 110 plus. I bet an under 104 and a half plus 115 because that's like the equivalent of 110 and a half, 111. So who but, else are you going to be looking to go on? I mean, I, you were essentially going to be looking to go under everyone, but who else? Yeah, like if it, I'm going to be anybody that gets bet up by the public, I'll probably be taking unders at game time. You're going to be betting the under on Cam Akers rushing yards, I bet. Um, if that go, if that gets steamed up, yeah, like certainly, like if it gets to 70, 100 percent, even like 68 and a half, probably. There's not, you know, the if it's 62 on, and a half, I'm not, but the theory on acres is that um, he's just going to get a lot more of the, the, the share. Well, McVeigh tends to like giving, giving all the, like giving the bulk of the workload to one running back. He's kind of been that way in the past. Okay. So, I mean, at least with acres, he has. So um, there's that. But you also have Daryl Henderson, who might be might be healthy. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's why I think like Sony Michelle. I don't know. His total is only sixteen and a half, though. So. Yeah, I mean, see, the thing is, like, I made I made Sony Michelle's number higher initially. I made it eight point four carries for like almost thirty yards, or maybe it was thirty yards. Um, just, but honestly, that was an educated guess, and and I talked to like. Um, my partners and I had other people kind of independently do this and they, they had lower numbers for, for Michelle, because it really is open interpretation. I mean, what you're doing is you're looking at a sample of, um, of what, one, two, three, four games that acres has been back. The first of which he only had 20% of the snaps. He was getting eased into it and five carries for three yards. So you can basically throw that one away. So you're looking at the three playoff games where acres has gotten snap shares of he's gotten 53% of the snaps, 81% and then 39 and he got hurt last week, although that's what they said. Um, looking through the play-by-play, there was not a single drive in the first half that he missed, a, that he didn't um, participate in. So, But the thing is, you, you, then you look at Sonny Michel, um, he's been 40%, 19 57% those three games. I mean, and and carries 13-1 and 10, so versus um, Akers 17-24-13. Like, is it is the question is is this a situation of K makers getting healthier? Um, although he's missed practice and is list is questionable to play, I'm sure. Um, you know, are they easing him back into it, or uh, like I don't know. This is not where an algorithm is going to solve it for you, Jeff. This is like kind of making a professional guess and and sort of going off of what you know and having. Um, you know, a healthy um, degree of respect for the uncertainty in, in, in the situation for your own lack of knowledge. 
I mean, my own in this case. Yeah. So like, I, I do not plan on having some massive position related to the, the Rams running backs just because Too much uncertainty. Yeah. I mean, what is, what is my, like, why am I able to find good value on props? Generally it's because of a good framework for evaluating things and being able to quantify them. And sure. Um, you know, this is, there's not a lot of data here and it's more, I don't know. I don't see why I would have such, such better insight. Okay. Any last word on the Super Bowl? Oh, we are, we're about to finish up. I don't know. I mean, what else? You I got don't to, know. What else we got? I don't to know. I thought right? you you had. A, I thought you. I, I'm just ready for you to like. I thought I was getting a Q and A session or something. Um. Well, I mean, I, I I'd be interested. Obviously, like there there's some pretty simple things we've talked about. Right. We talked about, uh, you know, some of these popular guys when they get bet on, bet up, bet the under, like right before game time. Right. Um. Are there any other interesting things that have like jumped out at you that, that you've bet that you've seen that's, you know, that like, did you bet no safety? Did, are, are you betting? No, all no I, I wouldn't bet no safety. Like those bets I'm not betting until close to close to kickoff. And that's another one you look to bet. Um, if I can get a good price and I have like, that's the kind of, that's kind of the bet you use all your leftover cash on. If you can't find anything else to bet. What would you make the no safety? What, what would be a good price on that? Um, I'd have to look and see, but I, I generally make it. It's around like minus 1600. Cut it. So what do I make it? Um, I mean, I, I haven't reevaluated and looked at how many safeties there were this year. It's the kind of thing where um, it's just a random thing that happens from time to time um, in about one out of every 16 games or so. So, Clearly there's going to be value on the no safety, but does it justify, um, is, is it better value than, than, than other props I'll find? And I don't know, probably not. That's so I probably won't have a huge position, but I'll probably have some position if I can get a, a price that, that seems, um, I mean, if it gets down to minus 800, I'll certainly, I'll certainly put uh, some money on it. And again, like if I had nothing else to bet, I would be like putting everything on it probably, but there's plenty of, there's plenty of options with higher EV. Hmm. Okay. Or I'm anticipating there will be. Um, uh, okay. I'll give you, well, I'll, I'll tell you another one. I'll probably, probably be betting late. I bet it early, but I'll probably be betting it late again is, is the no two point conversion. No coup conversion made or attempted? Made, made. Got it. What, 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 why would you, wouldn't you bet both of those? I mean, I assume that that's like, if one's priced incorrectly, that they're both priced incorrectly. Um, you know, I've actually found a lot more value on the, the no conversion rather than the no attempt actually. So I, I, I don't have any insight into that exactly, but. What do you make the, what do you make the no should be? Minus three sixty, and that's just—I mean—that's just formulaic based on the um, the spread and the total. So there's no team-specific things in there, and I don't believe either of these teams are, are teams like um, ones that'll just randomly go for two after their first touchdown, like the Titans. What do you make that it should be the attempted? Because no attempt. So the attempt is interesting because you're you're likely if you get an attempt, if you get an attempt and no conversion, you're likely to get another attempt potentially, you know, how it works, you know, so 
there's still more variance there. But um, I make the no attempt minus 160. So minus 130 there has some value. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Any other like really not unfun things to root for? As the theme? Um, How about overtime? Oh. What do you make overtime? Overtime. Will the game go to overtime? No minus 1443. No, oh, a little bit of value at Chris. It's minus fourteen twenty-seven. Yeah, I mean you'll see a lot better in Vegas. So, where are you going to watch the game, Rufus? I'm going to watch it in my in my building. Um, I've rented out the Sky Lounge on the top floor and or reserved it, I should say, and um, going to have some people over. It should be fun. Who are you all inviting? Um. You know, betting partners, former betting partners, betting adjacent people, um, friends, family, my brother. Are you going to be there? Um, doubtful. I, I mean, I, I actually, I, I'll invite him, but I, I'm guessing he's going to be actually at some, you know, I'm some fancier party or, or betting or something. I mean, the thing is, it's mostly, it's not a party party in that sense. It's a place for us normally um to watch the game and sweat all sweat all our bets and so right. it's like it's essentially people that have known us for a while and understand the betting stuff and and basically what what it entails and just the fact that it's it's you know we're not going to be having fun watching the game um are you going to get food yeah i got to think about that maybe i can get well chick-fil-a can't cater it because it's on a sunday but we'll definitely <laughs> have to get some food why do you get major domo to cater it Dude, you know, I had uh, dinner at Major Domo on Saturday. Nice. Did you get the short rib? I did. I did. My fr- uh, Tom was there, my friend Kevin, and Chris Fargis. We all had dinner together. What's Fargis doing out there? And is he ever going to get back into our golf Calcuttas? Oh, and congratulations, Rufus. Hey, I made money in the Calcutta. Calcutta. What do you know? I'm literally going to be sending you some Bitcoin. Yay. It's going to feel good for it to go that direction, isn't it? Yeah, although... Uh, yeah yes it will, it will um, indeed. so that so describe the routine for me on 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 super bowl this morning yeah so so let, let's start a little bit before super bowl morning i'm going to be kind of monitoring markets i'm going to probably have um we'll probably have a spreadsheet where we kind of keep track of at least these certain indicator props where we expect the market to sort of bet them up just to kind of gauge where they are at all times essentially a de facto odd screen that we'll just update every like every so often. And we'll sort of, there'll be a point where we say, okay, it's go time, I guess. Um, when we see things are moving up enough and we go generally, it's going to be Sunday or Saturday afternoon, evening, and then Sunday morning, Sunday morning, it'll just be like all hands on deck. Um, you know, bopping places in person that have higher limits, um, sending plays to people in other states, um, maybe driving to Arizona for me if I have cash to burn through in, in DraftKings or FanDuel still. Um, and then, like, really close, like, closer to game time, any money I have in apps is getting bet, even though, even if my app limits are a lot less, you know, it's better to be able to get Cooper Cup under 214 and a half than, you know, for 500 than not get it at all. And having to drive over to, you know, book like the Westgate or the South Point or something like that um, to, to be able to, 
to bet it for a thousand or two thousand um, and deal with those lines just isn't is negative at that so, point. So essentially, on on Sunday morning, you on Sunday morning, I will be running from casino to casino from no, no, sportsbook to sportsbook. Let, let me finish. So Sunday morning, you know for sure there will be quite a bit of value for your numbers on a bunch of unders. And you're basically going to make sure that like the key, the key there is making sure that all of the money that you, you basically put all your money in action at that. Point. Yeah. Yeah. The key is bet all the money. Yes. Um, and hopefully there's good things to bet. And yes, in the past there really has been. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how the markets in some of these States, other than Nevada, um, how like how much the public influences these markets because in Nevada in the past the public had really influenced it a lot and so we have found a lot more value on player props close to the game game time there'll be situations where like last year I was like well why did I take Mahomes under rushing yards early on at this number when I'm getting a number five yards higher now (laughs) like you know I thought I got a good number then I get a great number now things like that um, over the years, there was a time when we were betting, I remember Cantor, CG Technologies, we were, we were betting, like getting first score touchdown at like minus 120 or minus 130. We were getting no defensive or special teams touchdown at like minus 120, minus 130. Like there were, there were times when like no safety getting down to minus 500. You know, there's some of these props, um, the public really can have a massive influence on them. And the other thing is it's hard for, you know, normally for a, a full game bet aside or total, a bigger market, you know, some, somebody can come in and pop uh, one side for big and that, and, and sort of influence the market a lot more than public betting smaller amounts, but it's really hard to, let's say at the Westgate or the South point, get down big on a prop um, when you are, you know, when you're limited to, you know, $500 in the app or a thousand or 2000 in person. And so in essence, you can't, you know, and, and that and the fact that you actually have to go there to do it, like they're just, the public has, the public can influence prop numbers in a way they can't influence like full game side and total numbers for, you know, and you know, the prop numbers for the Super Bowl, I should say. Right. It's the one, it's, there are people that only bet once a year and it's on the Super Bowl. And yep. it's on there to be a safety. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jeff, what are, what are you going to be betting on besides what we just went over? What uh, do you enjoy? Do you, do you normally bet Super Bowl props? Do you enjoy it? Do you, um, you know, I don't have a lot of outs for that. And I think, you know, where I do most of my betting. So it's not a lot of value. I mean, I, I, um, I will, I will have, I already have a ticket. I already have the Rams at, at minus four. Nice. I'm probably going to try to bet the under if it if it steams up on game day. Um, I probably will try to look for this. Uh, I like I like the the half scoring kind of thing. Um, I'm probably going to bet came acres over just because I think it'll be a fun thing to do. I'll probably look on Sunday for a bunch of things to bet under. Um, because I think that'll be fun, like the Cooper Cup and and that mm-hmm. kind of situation. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I might I might get I my my thinking on this game, and I think the Rams are going to blow them out. So I, I think the Rams, like an alternative line, 
Um, I mean, maybe not blow him out just because like McVay tends to get so conservative and it doesn't seem like, and like the, the, the Joey Burrow backdoor potentially is, is open. It was open, but um, I just, I just think that the, the Bengals are going to have trouble protecting Burrow They're in trouble scoring generally. Um, I think it's a bad matchup for Cincinnati. Um, I think the Rams are, are pretty good offensively if they, if they play somewhat optimally. Um, I think there is some home field here. There's familiarity, whatnot. And I, I don't, I, I mean, again, like the, the Bengals, both of the teams have had like a funny ride, but the Bengals to me, you know, seemingly could have, should have lost all of these games, um, you know, got some good turnover luck and, and, you know, somehow like did some Jedi mind trick to Mahomes or something. So I don't know that, that that's kind of like how I think the game's going to go on the day of the game. I may look for props that sort of fit the narrative of what I think might happen. You know, I'm not betting a lot of money on them, so I'm just doing it for entertainment. I'll probably what I, one of the things I love to bet is first to score. I know there's not good value on any of that. Bet acres. If you acres can get first. acres, I make it plus six seventy. If you can get plus seven fifty or better, or I mean, I'm guessing since I make it plus six seventy, you'll bet them at plus six seventy one. But I absolutely will. I know uh, you'll probably bet them at six fifty too because you're like, eh. I probably like. Oh, I'll probably bet them with no value. I mean, I, I typically do that a lot with with your things. You, you know what's interesting is that the first score of the game is more likely to be a rushing touchdown than an average score in the game. So I don't, I don't think Cam Akers is plus six seventy to score any give like a given t- last touchdown for that matter. He's not plus six seventy to score each touchdown. He's plus six seventy to score the first touchdown because. Um, it is a little more likely to be a rushing touchdown than the baseline. You know, you know why I think part of part of the reason there is. Think what? about like two minute drills. Okay. You know, you're you're rarely going to see a rushing touchdown in a two minute drill. Got it. End of the first half type of situation, as well as it's a neutral game state for both teams. So, um, whereas if it's a if one team has a big lead, that the team that Sure, one team's more likely to get a rushing touchdown because you know they're they're running the ball because they have the lead, but they're also less likely to score than the team that's behind. And the team that's behind is more likely to have a passing touchdown because they're behind. I got this for you now, Rufus. Team to score longest field goal is now Bengals minus one forty six, Rams plus one sixteen. Ooh, well. my guess is you probably like the Rams there. Yeah, probably. I think with a lot of these things, it'll be fade sort of the narrative or the tout or whatever. I mean, the if, if a narrative gets out there, it can get sort of overblown. Like if well, Drew yeah, liked it at even money, I, I don't think Drew would like it at minus 130. That Evan McPherson is the yeah. second coming of Justin Tucker. That's what I've been hearing. Maybe it's true. Do you have any, uh, any, any um, insight on the, the coin toss? Well, I'll tell you, I, I do have a hot tip there. Um, you know, noted sharp sports book Circa has tails at minus 105 and heads at minus 104. So they must have taken a sharp bet. Yeah. Noted, noted less sharp book Caesars has heads at even money and tails at even money. Jeff, that is, that's one where you might even bet both sides, huh? Roof, we got a little you plus want seven. The sweat. We got a little plus seven fifty on Cam Akers. Nice. You gonna you gonna give me a piece? 
Probably not. Uh, let me see how many times I can hit it before they change it. Give me the second pop. It's, I'm only getting 400 down. Yeah, I see. I'm just going to keep betting it until something happens. <laughs> they disabled my account. Go, Jeff, go. I'm probably betting the wrong thing right now. It's probably like... Cam Akers to like score two or more touchdowns or something, probably. It's Actually, probably like to score the last touchdown. Yeah. No, they ain't budging. They ain't budging no matter what I do. They, you know, I, I don't know how you... How does it make you feel about how much respect they're giving you? Someone to Chris is asleep right now. Probably. Um, how much do you want? Well, we can talk about it off the air. Oh, yeah. So that, that's probably better. Yeah. Um, how much are you going to have in play, do you think, total for this for the Super Bowl? I don't know. We have we have over a half million in play already. I'm mean, actually probably closer to three quarters of a million, but the, the hope was a one and a half to two, but I don't know if that's going to happen. It, it just doesn't feel like like his first week was a bit of a disappointment. They're just, it, the books are much sharper game props than they used to be, which, you know, I kind of expected it, it's, it's been moving this direction for a while, especially with these more, more of the European style books that are offering all these sort of esoteric props every single game, which basically means that when it comes to the Super Bowl, it's, they have an idea of what they're doing. They're not just making it up as they go along. Got it. Yeah. The world, right. the world uh, unfortunately, um, keeps turning and things keep getting more efficient. That's the way the world. So you have to keep looking for new things. I'm headed down to LA tomorrow. Yeah, you going to the game? No, I'm just I'm going to have some meetings, see some people, network, play Bel Air Country Club. Oh, I'm going to ask you a question, Jeff. And maybe you don't want to answer this on, uh, you know, on the record, but what do you think of the whole Phil Mickelson, Brandel Chambly? Did I say his name right? Brandel? Yeah. Um, well, he called out Mickelson. Mickelson called out the PGA Tour for um, as being a bun- as being greedy or something like that. Um, while Mickelson was in Saudi Arabia um, playing a event that is largely um has well i guess he's trying to create his own league right yeah i mean he's trying to create a super league right and they're they're trying to bring golfers over there i mean i probably well do you know why he's trying to create a super league because he wouldn't be able to qualify for any super league so he has to be a founder that's not why he's doing it rufus he's doing it to make money i don't i don't think at the at the end of the day he cares about right I i mean clearly like okay he's playing in saudi arabia like and then he's, well, I mean, like, so he's the, claiming moral superiority or something so, like that while he's playing okay, in Saudi so, Arabia and advertising for the Saudi, uh, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And we can, we can talk about this for a second because okay. ultimately, like, I don't, you know, I think you're alluding to the fact that, you know, I know Phil or whatever, but like, that's not the point. The point is in this situation, right? You Wait, have first a, off, I, I know that you followed Phil and took a picture of him from the bushes once. Anyway, continue. That too. Um, you know, the, the, the reality is that I think the PGA tour is potentially a bad steward for the game, right? Like they're not, if you think about the way they monetize golf, it's so old and antiquated. If you think about like how hard it is to track like golfers on your phone, if you're sweating, like you can't even have a good sweat in golf because 
like the stupid data feeds that are real time are so bad. And then like, if you are like really into a golfer, imagine you are really in a Rory. Like there is no way to watch every shot he takes on a weekend or on a, in a tournament. Right. But won't that new, the new deal with like AWS and all that, isn't that supposed to eventually they're going to change the way they broadcast. And I, I think that's, I think there's Maybe, things like, that are in why, the works so that you'll so, be able to do it, that. Why is it taking so long? I don't well, know because I mean, incredible game. It's a incredible game to bet on. And you know, if, if Phil is saying that like the tour are greedy and they're not giving it up to the players, like, what is the tour? the tour gives, but the whole, the tour is, and, and I actually read um, Randall Chambly's sort of op-ed on this. And he's like, look, the tour is a collection of players. It's an organization. All the money that the tour makes goes either to charity or to the organization or to players. It, it is not, it, it's, it's not like the money is being, there's greedy owners anywhere. Maybe. It's I a mean, charitable we- organization. It, literally it's, it, it's a nonprofit. My next job will likely be in golf at some level Ooh. and it will be looking will you at bring some... me along maybe once you learn how to like I can be i'll be your assistant work. i'll be your assistant you'd be a terrible assistant rough rough you'd be a terrible assistant no i mean I, I think golf i think it's golf is a fascinating thing to disrupt and i think it's it's ripe for disruption i think it's an incredible i think sports betting is just going to make golf even more popular it's you know we we both know it's an incredible game to sweat um on that note any anything fun for the waste management open um probably i i'd have to ask tom who who we bet on but probably john rom i believe john rom john rom playing kind of a home event here home well, home I mean, game. You probably whacked him down from. It was interesting. He was plus five hundred, and now he's only plus four ninety. Damn, sharp money's coming in on Rom. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet him at plus five hundred or plus four ninety personally. But I know. I was yeah. like, kind of. I was like, kind of digging to bet on Rom just because it's so fun to bet on Rom. And I was like, how is plus five hundred with the field that has like JT, Cantlay, Hovland, Matsuyama, Xander, Spieth, Scheffler. Hey, some of these guys are coming from Saudi Arabia and are probably gonna be tired. So maybe. And some of what, them are. Why is is Finau not playing particularly well? He's like plus five hundred. I mean plus five thousand. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, he's still a good golfer, isn't he? Was. I think so. Did you have Tom Hoagie? I did not. I had Bo Hostler. Oh. I took can't. I took Cantlay pre-tournament and then i took some more going into sunday i can't believe how bad he shit the bed because i know like you love can't lay so i always feel like I, I i should be if i bet on these guys i'm on your side somehow what are you doing are you telling us are you getting us some picks for this or not no i was looking through a value i was looking through because um i was looking at the fezic picks and he says, Rams to punt last minus 115. The team with the lead is a solid favorite to punt the ball last in a game. And I, I want to see if I actually have a, like a game prop number on it based off of that. I'm kind of curious to see um, how sharp that is. I mean, it makes sense like as a narrative, but I'm, I'm curious what the numbers bear out. Just professional curiosity. Right, well, why, don't you, why don't you tweet that out unless we're going to sit around and wait for you to figure it out? I'll just have to. We're still recording a podcast here. I don't know if you know that, but. Uh, I do. We, we we can always pause if you want. Not just the two of us talking. Now it's just awkward silence. 
Hey, it's this is it's the opposite of interrupting. Yeah, I've been doing a really good job not interrupting you. Um, you want to let these people go, or are you going to come up with an answer for them? No, I'm not going to do an answer immediately. It'll All take right. a few. Well, it'll take a, a few seconds. But thanks everyone for listening. Oh, Happy Jeff, Super did you? I, I played. No, I. I uh, do you know I've, I've been playing some golf recently? Nice. Well, not last week, but but got to play yesterday at Cascada. It's a nice course, isn't it? Dude, incredible course. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Shot, shot an 81. Look at you. Grades. Yeah. Two birdies. Ten All right, are, you ready? are you ready for the next inversion of like, once I get my new clubs. So hopefully that'll be That's, soon. Yeah. You're going to improve three strokes. My handicap's down to a flat 19 now. So nice coming after you. I'm, I'm down to a 7.2 actually. Oh, wow. I, that's because I had a few, but, but, but I have like all my good rounds cut going off the books soon. So it's going to go. All right, well, when, when are you leaving? So you're, you're in Vegas till when? Next Tuesday, when I head up to Bozeman, Montana for a month. Okay. And then after you get back from Montana, let's, let's meet up somewhere and play some golf. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for okay. Happy Super Bowl, everyone. Good luck. Hopefully you listened, got some something out of this meandering podcast. Um, talk to you guys all after the system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a of leaded.